Good morning, everyone. The Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Cleveland Browns, Wiz, a lot of money spent on Deshaun Watson, getting that player signed, bringing him in. Uh, we knew there was risk with this player, Wiz, coming into the 2022 season. He wasn't going to play. It was going to be 18 months of inactivity. He steps onto the field in late in the season, Wiz, and he laid a big donut, Wiz, uh, at the end of the year for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm not sure, you know, what people were doing with him in fantasy football last year, knowing that he was going to miss so much time and that it was going to take him a little bit, uh, a little bit of a while to get acclimated uh, to the game. So I'm just going to take a big, giant X and put it through the, the, the 2022 season. Uh, as far as this season is concerned, uh, you have to think he's going to be better. It's his second year back with the team. Um, the fact that they had Elijah Moore, uh, their wide receivers are the position is strong. So I have Deshaun Watson in my quarterback one mix somewhere 10, 12 ish. Um, what say you about Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I would agree with that. So, so, so where are the concerns and where are the upsides? So th- this is a player that's played a majority of his career in football in, in warm weather conditions played at Clemson, he played in Houston. So he wasn't, he was playing in domes most of the time uh, or, or in warm weather. So he moves to Cleveland, obviously late in the season, that becomes a factor whether he plays home or away in his division uh, in, in cold weather cities, without a doubt. This is an offense under Deshaun Watson last year when Jacoby Brissett actually led this offense to eight points a game more and 80 yards a game more, which is kind of hard to believe. But I think as you pointed out, we have to put somewhat of an X through that. Uh, a lot of distractions around the player, not necessarily when he got on the field, but leading up to him getting on the field. And, um, you know, Deshaun Watson is going to have to put a lot of that behind and play a lot better, Wiz. Um, if I'm taking the plunge with Deshaun Watson, Wiz, based on what I've just said, I am going to want to have a proper security blanket behind him. I'm not, when I say this, I'm going to want to have, I don't know, Someone like a Daniel Jones or someone like a Kirk Cousins or someone in that ilk behind him uh, to make sure I'm protecting myself a little bit because I am I, I still have a lot of question marks around this play. And I don't dispute what you said about the talent on this team. We didn't even talk about the running back yet, but you mentioned the receiving core. Uh, they have an excellent and athletic tight end as well. Uh, but yeah, it, I, last year looked really ugly, Wiz. And um is it only because of 18 months off or is there something else going on? I'm not 100% sure of that. So based on that, if I'm drafting uh, Deshaun Watson as my number one quarterback, I'm taking an insurance policy. Yeah, the only issue with that is you have to you know, use up a good amount of equity to get those guys, right? Because Deshaun Watson is somewhere between 10 and 12. Uh, Kirk Cousins is somewhere between 10 and 12. Daniel Jones is, is 12 to 15. Yep. So. Uh, you know, either you you do that and spend some equity at quarterback, or uh, you know, you 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 just go to a different player. But uh, I think the upside certainly is there. And uh, somebody that you do not have to worry about is Nick Chubb, who is one of my favorite players in the entire NFL. Drafted him as a rookie in in in, in most of my leagues. Uh, he is a great player. Um, I don't throw the word great around often, but he just is. Um, 
breaks tackles. He he's just he's just one of these guys. And what I really like about him most is you never hear anything about him. He's never in trouble. He's never in this. He's a contract. Like everything gets done quietly. And the only thing that isn't quiet about Nick Chubb is his play on the field, where he is an absolute beast. Nick Chubb. This is one of those situations where Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, who could do something if he got it in there. This is the ideal running back one, running back handcuff that uh, you need to get if you draft Nick Chubb. Love the player, and I like Jerome Ford as well in, in, as a handcuff for him. Uh, not really much to add to that. Anything uh, you wanted to add or your thoughts on uh, that running back? Uh, Nick Chubb's one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL. Let, let, let's, uh, that, that's how strongly I feel about Nick Chubb. Uh, from, a, from a person standpoint, if you ever want to take a look at Nick Chubb's background and what he comes from. Uh, there was a great piece on ESPN a few years ago about his relatives. They, uh, they founded a place called Chubbtown. Um, I believe it was in Georgia uh, where he, where he's from and where he went to school um, coming up uh, with his family during, during the civil war. Just an amazing story. Take a look at that. But Nick Chubb is a class act. He's, he's in a class by himself as well in that he is the only running back in the history of the NFL was for to have four consecutive 1,000-yard seasons to start his career, and in each of those years, average over five yards a carry. Uh, just amazing. And like you said, his elusiveness, his ability to break tackles is, is incredible. I personally feel they don't use him enough catching the ball out of the backfield because when he does catch it, he does a remarkably good job. Kareem Hunt's no longer here. And Kareem Hunt stunk last year anyway. I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing about Kareem Hunt. Uh, quite frankly, Nick Chubb can catch the ball. I think he needs to be utilized much more in that facet in this offense, Was. Yeah, and you do you agree that this is one of those situations where you have a clear cut running back one and a clear cut handcuff in in Ford? Yeah, clear clear cut, and you know I, I think this is a situation where I know last year there were, including myself, I brought this point up. If you look at Nick Chubb's stats, but the whole offense regressed at the end of the year last year. So you was told you to throw it out, put an X to it. So put an X to it. Chubb did at the end of the season with Watson. If Watson has a turnaround season, a huge beneficiary of that is going to be Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb, in my eyes, Wiz, I, there are guys taking B. John Robinson over Nick Chubb in drafts. That is completely absurd, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I like this wide receiver room for for the for the Browns and. I think what was added was Elijah Moore in that slot, and that's mm-hmm. something that they really needed, really didn't have. And with Amari Cooper and Donald Peoples Jones and uh, Cedric Tillman, um, yeah, I know they have, um, I believe, Marquise Goodwin as well to stretch the field. Um, this is a, a good wide receiver room, and uh, I don't know. The more I look at this, the more. Um, I have some aspirations for the Browns this year, considering the talent of the overall roster, but specifically the wide receiver room. Amari Cooper is in that wide receiver one, one range, somewhere between 10 and 15. Um, and Elijah Moore, I think, working that slot is going to help this offense immensely. How do you view it? Uh, so, so let's start at the top. Uh, Amari Cooper, um, who is a player that I typically shy away from. Uh, I think if you look at him statistically, Amari Cooper is always underperformed on real grass. Uh, I'll probably continue to to stay away from Amari Cooper uh, just because it's just a player that's never kind of, I've never kind of clung to, but, 
but nonetheless a talented player. Donovan Peoples-Jones did extend the field in many instances last year and, and became a consistent playmaker in this offense. So I, I, to your point, I love the receiving core, but you know, you add Elijah Moore to it. This is a player I loved coming out in his rookie year. Uh, he had some significant production in his rookie year. I don't know what the hell went on in year two with the Jets. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I'm sure there's a chip on Elijah's, Elijah Moore's shoulder to prove the Jets wrong here. Uh, but you, when you look at the time where Elijah Moore was given an opportunity to be a playmaker, he scored six touchdowns as a rookie. Uh, he ran the ball. He caught the ball. He had some big games. Elijah Moore, to me, is a guy that should be really looked at and drafted. Uh, this whole receiving course should be drafted, in my opinion, but I think Elijah Moore might, might be, uh, and I think from the sound of it, he is moving up draft boards based on the noise already coming out of camp. Was. Yeah, and, and you just can see the potential in that uh, entire situation with uh, with uh, with those receivers that they have and. uh like I said, you you look at the roster on the Browns, and it's difficult not to be impressed. And uh, David Njoku is um, another one of these players who just you look at him and his size and his speed, and it kind of started all coming together for him there last year. And uh, I'm wondering if you feel the momentum will carry over this year. I know they added Jordan Akins, another player that over the years you've liked. Um, Harrison Bryan is there as well. So what's your view on Njoko? Are you drafting him as your starting tight end in fantasy football with confidence? Yeah, I, th- I think you have to. Is. I think he's kind of in, in between that kind of 5 and 10 area. Uh, he's incredibly athletic. He has great hands. Uh, and I think in the past we, we've seen, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson will look to his tight ends. Uh, not that he had a great one when he was with Tennessee, but he was when he was at Houston, excuse me, but he will look towards his tight ends, particularly around the goal line. So I like the player. I, I just, I, I think there is some, a little bit of risk because you have a lot of guys that can catch the ball in this offense, but you know, David Njuko should catch somewhere between 50 and 60 balls in this offense. This is a great offense, actually. Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, smart guy, you know, cerebral, wants to run the ball, but does take some chances down the field as well. I, the, the Browns come into the season was as one of the more underrated teams, in my opinion. I, I think they're kind of being overlooked a little bit in this division, I think there's a lot, a lot more talk around the Bengals and, and, and the Ravens, especially what they did in the offseason. Uh, again, if any team I think is going to sneak up and win this division, it would not surprise me in the least that the Cleveland Browns would be the, the team that could possibly do that. And I'm intrigued by their defense as well. Sure. Uh, anytime you have uh, a player like Miles Garrett who could roll up the sacks, and I love the signing of Dalvin Tomlinson as well on the defensive side of the football and uh, – I think while I would probably shy away from Cade York and it's not much interest in the kicker, uh, this Browns defense is one of these defenses, when you look at from a talent perspective, it's very, very strong. Can they put it together? Can they play as a unit? Uh, that's the question, but uh, I'm, I'm going to project that I'm going to have some equity in the Cleveland Browns defense this year. Well, I like two other things they did was they, they the Zedaria Smith, uh, who spent some time with your Vikings last year and the year before was with the Green Bay Packers. He can get to the pass and you put him on the other side of Miles Garrett. That is a pretty formidable duo, without a doubt. And then secondly, Jim Schwartz, who has not been a great, great head coach in the league, but whenever he's on an opportunity to run a defense, uh, he's been very successful and he is now the defensive coordinator in Cleveland. So I am 100% with you. They were a bomb defense last year. 
I loved them a couple of years ago, but uh, I, I would say coming into this year, uh, the Cleveland Browns will be on a few of my teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. Anything else you wanted, or are we moving to the Steel City? No, we're moving to the Steel City, was, uh, for sure. There's a, a lot of intrigue always around the Steelers. We have a lot of friends that are, are fans, and uh, you know, this is a team whiz. Mike Tomlin has been on a streak for a long time, so uh, we'll be coming up with the Steelers next, and that streak is a winning record each season. Somehow he pulls the rabbit out of the hat. But uh, that's next Wiz, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So make sure you're listening, and we will see you in a bit with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got it.